Welcome to the Destiny Podcast. Purpose of prophecy has never been, um, I don't know, to foretell the future, you know, according to the prophecy. And and there there is all of that, uh, all the prophecies about, for example, about Jesus, the Messiah, but they've always been to reveal who he is. It's never been like, and this is what the lottery is going to be in 2016. It's always been about him. And then, because how amazing he is and how concerned the head of the body is for the body, prophecy is also for the body. There is something there that, that is absolutely essential for us to realize that when we prophesy, it is never for me to walk away thinking, flipping heck, I am great. Like there is, you know, like if somebody says, oh, thank you very much, that was a good prophecy. Again, say thank you. I know, that was good. But it was because there was encouragement in there for you. So we're going to go through 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 13, I think tomorrow, 14. Um, and where Paul just hammers that one point over and over and over again. It's like prophecy is for edification. It's always to build up the church. If you don't do it, if it's not to build up the church, it's it always, anything that builds up the church takes precedence above everything and anything else. So he's just hammering this point of prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Whatever you do, do it for the edification, the exhortation, and the comfort of the church. Okie dokie. In our charismatic circles, we, um, we have a very limited view of what the prophetic is for or what we're using it. We use it um, in our church services. We like that because that's a really good part. It's like, oh, yeah, we're really in, in touch with the Holy Spirit. And it's great, given prophetic words. Um, but the prophetic is not a thing that we do. It's a lifestyle. It's a relationship. It's you hearing from your dad. And if you can only hear from your dad for somebody else on a Sunday morning, that's really sad. Yeah, this is, and if you can only hear from your dad words of knowledge about healing somebody else's body parts, that's really sad too. I'm not saying that, well, I'm over dramatizing it. But please look beyond what we know the prophetic to be. It's just, it really touches everything in your life. That just, that intimacy with God that flows into, when you go shopping, you have a word of knowledge for somebody else. You have an impression. It's like, hey, just, just feel like I need to let you know that God loves you. Um, when, you're, when you're in Cafe Nero and you're just sitting there for coffee, um, when you're just having coffee here with each other, when you're, when you're at your lunch, when you're in the evenings, when you're eating together, when you're on your day off doing something else, when you're here together and you're, you're listening to me, but Holy Spirit is saying something to, to you about somebody else, write it down and in the lunch break, go up and say, hey, I've got this word for you. Just, you're never off duty. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. But that means, I, I don't mean that in a pressure, but I do mean that in an ownership, that there's an expectation that you put on yourself, a healthy one, to, I always bring something to the table. It doesn't always have to be a, like a directional word about your ministry is going to go to Africa. Or, but 
my antenna is always on. Like this is, I'm, I'm in constant union with Jesus. I'm never into, I don't know what, what mode that is that we're not prophetic. You know, it's just like there's no switching on of the prophetic. It's, it's always there. So often we need to intentionally switch into it. But it's, that's something that we need to, I think that's, that's the whole point of this week to not have to do that back and forth anymore. We do that a lot with you know, activations that we say, now, you know, go, now stop, turn around, dance, go again. But um, it's to activate this thing inside of us, realizing that he speaks constantly. Like the river always flows, to use a picture. But it's really up from us how much water we actually do get from our river. <clears throat> so counseling is one of those big things where, you know, somebody comes and <clears throat> as frustrating as it is, uh, uh, my brother-in-law, he does a degree in counseling, Christian counseling at the moment. And his favorite phrase is, the issue is never the issue. <laughs> and as frustrating as it is, it's true. Yeah. Somebody did this to me. I'm like, yeah, so fix it. It's like, yeah, but the, the issue is probably not that somebody stepped in your toe. It's that something underneath it that just got triggered. It's like, oh, so, but what is that? Because this right now is just the fruit. It always is somewhere up there. It's the, the root underneath it that caused all of this. So Holy Spirit, what is it? And there's just like that prophetic revelation of, I know they're talking about this. This is the issue. Yeah. How? It, Jesus does that all the time. Disciples, they, they ask him one question. He answers another one. And like, did you not hear him, Jesus? They, do, do you remember the, um, <clears throat> what was that? Jesus. What question did they ask him, the disciples, about, think about love. No, faith. They ask him about faith. They, Jesus, like, show us, like, teach us what, it, what does it mean to have faith. And he's like, okay, let me tell you a story about, you know, when a slave of you guys, one of your slaves goes out, does the field work, comes home, does the master's job, and uh washes the master's feet, sets the table. He doesn't require thanks for it. And I, I have asked you about faith, Jesus. I was expecting some answer about fasting, maybe a bit of prayer in there, maybe a bit of fix your eyes on God, how great he is. But what does servanthood have to do with faith? And then at the very end, he brings it all together in the Galatians. It, it, it says that like faith expressed through love. It's, it's he, you know, I hear your question, but me answering this question is not going to actually change anything in your life. But this is the issue. So with counseling, honestly, when you have somebody come to you and ask you a question, say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this in my life. Just listen to them, but simultaneously listen to Holy Spirit. Just say, is, is there something else, Holy Spirit? And then just ask questions. I love this yesterday when you prophesied over um, Paul. You just ask him, I see the color purple. Does that mean anything to you? You know, if you have that, feel free. You have to ask. 
don't just start prophesying away. Purple is your favorite color, and this is what. And he's like, no, I'm more blue guy. Um, <clears throat> but also, don't just think uh, it's probably nothing. No, just I always ask. You know, if I have a if if I have something about their past or their family, I just ask. I don't presume, but I don't just shy away from it either. So you know, there's and just again. Like I said in worship, don't be weird about it because counseling can happen at the pub over a pint and they just pour out the heart and you just ask Holy Spirit, is there anything that I can, like where I can bring your perspective into this and what is your perspective on it? Just um, Another thing is intercession and uh, intercession is a big, big thing. I'm going to talk, I love talking about spiritual warfare because... It is one of my favorite subjects. Again, because of ah the fear and the rubbish I grew up with under. Um, and the, the fighting that I thought I had to do. And it was just punching the air. And it was literally the Lord of the Flies confusing me, distracting me from Jesus. And I was so busy taking my eyes off Jesus, trying to you know, swat the flies. And he's just, the devil was just laughing because I was so busy doing this where I could have just actually focused on Jesus. Um, But in intercession, there is that. Actually, Jesus, what is the thing that, again, what is your solution? We, We are not fighting for victory. We really are fighting from victory. So what is it that we get to declare prophetically over the situation? What is your will? What is... What is your solution? We did the, um, can't remember when that was, Kony in, uh, um, in Uganda. Was that 2010? Well, when, no, when he, because, yeah, yeah, because we, with, with Kingsway here, and with, uh, with um, KCC and with the Deborah ladies, just been really involved in Uganda. And, uh, I remember having one worship evening where we were just like, we're going to pray for Uganda. And we're going to um, give Joseph Coney to you, God. And uh, like we, we're not pronouncing judgment over him or anything like this. But we just say the stuff that he does with the Lord's resistance army. Yeah, and, uh, it's just not right. Children, soldiers, all the abuse, all the war crimes. Uh, this is not okay. So we declare your righteousness, your justice into all of this and your dignity for humanity, everybody involved. Now, we're a little town. We're a little, we're a little church in a little town in, in England that has nothing to do. We're no political power. We're nothing. And yet the very next, so that was a Sunday night, the very next week that it was announced that he actually fled then Uganda and and we're just thinking, this is, this is, now, is this a really weird coincidence? If you want to call it, sure. But there was something in us that we realized, you know, the things that we declare prophetically over the situation has power. But it wasn't us just getting angry because we read something in the news and just yelled, stop it. You know, you shouldn't be doing that in the name of Jesus. Um, it was, it was this genuine, dad, how would you, how this seems an impossible situation. I, I don't know what to do. Yet, we just declare the will of God over this. Um, 
I, when I was 16, I got, <clears throat> I got saved. And uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but it took me about six months to actually speak in tongues. I always wanted to, but it just didn't come out. Uh, until somebody laid hands on me, and it just happened. I loved speaking in tongues from that moment on. Just shout out about it. Um, and again, 1 Corinthians 14 talks a lot more about um, tongues. We're going to cover that. But I'm a very good sleeper. I love sleeping is one of my favorite things. Um, and one of the easiest things for me as well. I, when I'm horizontal, this is it. There's like in the evening when Ruth and I are in bed and uh, she tells me a story, I have to sit up because if I'm just, just any, just any angle just is, it's too late. And I can feel, it's like, it's beautiful. It's that vortex that sucks you into just, so I tell her, babes, I'm going to be asleep in five seconds. It, it goes like that. I love it. Um, so all the more it was weird when I, I was still lived at home. And one night, I just couldn't sleep, you know, and it's like 11 o'clock. You think, come on, come on, come on, got school tomorrow. This is weird. And you, you think, do I have a bad conscience? Did I do something that I feel guilty about? No. Um, you know, am I really stressed about school tomorrow? No. I don't know. You know, just like I'm not in love with, you know, nothing keeps me up. Like, what is it? Um, so I just started speaking in tongues. Speaking, speaking, speaking. Just not even knowing if there is anything to pray for. But I thought, that's the only thing that I've got left. So just praying in tongues, interceding, not really knowing what I'm saying. And Paul says, like, you know, we're speaking mysteries in the spirit. Um, the next morning, I come downstairs to my mom. I was like, that was really weird last night. You know, just couldn't sleep. Um, and she's like, oh, last night, you know, um, friends of ours called and uh, they asked your dad to come because their son um, they had a, a son that still have that is adopted, but he had some serious demonic issues. And uh, that one night, he just went insanely nuts and just crazy manifestations and violence toward his parents and everything. And uh, it was really because they're Christians, but they didn't believe in anything spiritual until they didn't know what to do anymore. And then they called my dad. He said, please come. So my dad went up there. And it was at exactly that time that I couldn't sleep that I just, in hindsight, realized, you know what? I, I just had the privilege of having my dad's back praying, interceding for him. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't need to know. But it's like when we pray, often it's a very um, it's a very general approach that we have to the problems like okay there's a problem god fix it <sighs> fix it however you want to fix it i call i call it the shotgun approach we just shoot in the general direction hoping it will hit something you know your will be done um well when you pray in tongues when you pray with holy spirit when you have a revelation from god it's like this is the issue i need to pray about this thing this is like snipering you know you just like this is this is the, that one shot that's all i need it's with, with Holy Spirit. It's that. And just all of a sudden, you just, it does, it does that inside of me. The prophetic, uh, the um, speaking in tongues always triggers in me the, the prophetic flow. All of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm 
praying for somebody in tongues. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm actually starting to prophesy my mind over them. I see them from his perspective um, over issues, over things that, you know, need to change. It's just like it, it flows in everything, that prophetic aspect of intercession. So don't just, don't just, yeah. Yelling louder doesn't, doesn't make any difference. Yeah, the devil's really not impressed with your volume. Um, he's not impressed with the length of your prayers either. That's not like, we think it's like a computer game, you know, just like we have this, this bar and we've got to fill up the, the faith bar with, with whatever. It's just like yell a bit more, pray a bit louder, call a couple more intercessors, and then bam, I've got enough faith or enough oomph behind my prayer to defeat the devil. Where Jesus is like, don't, don't, don't be like the Gentiles. Your dad knows already what you need, even before you ask. But he hears you, you know, in the secret place where nobody else hears you. He sees you, but he rewards you publicly. The prayer of one righteous man avails much. It's just that sort of, I've got nothing against intercessory prayer meetings. I love it, getting together. It's like, come on. But um, it's not because I need more numbers to just some summon my faith or something um but listen listen to holy spirit what is it that is that is needed right now sometimes especially when it comes to intercession that's a weird thing and as christians we've done some really good things and we've done some really weird things when it comes to intercession especially when it comes to prophetic activations because um, then we just let us blow the shofar because that's going to fix it. Yeah. Um, or let's get, uh, I don't know, let's, let's wave a flag because that's going to fix it. Let's, let's do something really weird. Let's sprinkle some dust because that's. Now, if God says so, do it. Absolutely. But just because somebody blew a shofar last time doesn't mean that you get to blow a shofar today. It really doesn't. Do you remember the, like, Anything can be a prophetic activation Prophet, like for, for in your prayer life when God says do it. But when he doesn't, it's just a weird thing that you do. Um, the prophet comes to the king. I think it was Elisha. Second one is Elisha, isn't it? Because in German, it's always the other way around. <sighs> Says these are the, the arrows of the victory of the Lord. Yeah. Now, shoot them. And uh, the king's like, ah, oh, it's a bit embarrassing, you know. And the prophet gets mad. He's like, these are the arrows. He, you know, he tells them, gives him a clue of the victory of the Lord. Hit the ground. And the king's like, oh, three times he does it. And then the prophet gets really angry. He's like, you have no faith in this thing here. I know this has nothing to do with the battle over there, and yet God somehow has connected these two things today. And he says, because you struck the ground only three times, you're going to have three temporary victories over your enemies, but you will not defeat them. And he can just imagine the king being, oh, I didn't know it was a test. It's a, can, can, give me the arrows again. I'm just going to beat the ground. It's, it's that sort of in intercession. Just allow Holy Spirit to prompt something. And then, and this is this is... 
Bill Johnson talks about that. The, he had a certain dog. I don't remember what kind of... It was a hunting dog. Um, that their special trait was when they caught the scent of an animal, they were pointing. It was like just in one direction. So that the, um, the hunter knows, oh, over there is a pheasant or something like that. And, and that was their thing. They lock onto their thing. They don't move anymore. They just point. I think they're called pointers or something. Like this, something's over there. Caught the scent of some. Now, when you hunt in, as I, this is me retelling a Bill Johnson story. I've never hunted before in my life. I have, no, I have never had a dog. But apparently, if there's two of these guys and one of them catches the scent, and locks on, the other one starts imitating this guy without even having caught the scent of the prey just yet. But he sees that somebody's locked onto the prey, the goal, and I'm pointing in the same direction. So prophetically, when there's something happening in, your, in our prayer meetings and somebody catches something of the Lord, trust that person. It's like, I know you're waving a flag right now, I don't feel like waving flags. I, in fact, I never feel like waving flags. Full stop. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna mirror this thing, because apparently you caught something. So today I'm gonna wave flags. Yeah? Don't be like, oh, it's not me. I didn't hear it from God. Just it's there is this thing when we when we come together, just actually moving as one. Somebody is, guys. We need to dance on injustice. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. Today is dancing day. Yeah. You, you, the whitest dancer, you still dance because this is the word of the Lord, whether you heard it or not. This, this doesn't make sense. But it is that thing of, we, we're still so individual in our church. Oh, it's just not me. It's not my gifting. Who cares? Yeah, the king's like, oh, I'm just not really into striking the ground with arrow. Who cares? This is it. So, um, yeah, listen to Holy Spirit and then trust that the other people will trust you enough for you to say, this is, I think this is where we need to go. I know this is weird, but today is handstand day because God's going to turn things upside down, whatever, yeah? And then everybody's, we're handstanding today, standing on hand, yeah? Okay, I, I know I'm over-dramatizing, but, but so often we just take this weird approach to, yeah, well, if you heard it, then, you know, you got to do this. But no. If we are here together praying for something, let's, let's fall in line with that. Right on. Worship is another thing. Uh, really hearing what Holy Spirit is saying. Really resonating, imitating, mirroring what is happening in heaven. When we do pray things like, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's have that. Let's, let's lock into the rhythm of heaven rather than just us thinking, you know what, that's a really nice song. I just, you know, found a new song. It's always good to sing new songs. And apparently there's a worship curve. So you start with a fast one then you go really deep and then you've, you bring them back up again, ready for the sermon. Ta-da! You laugh. Google worship curve. It's right there. People are teaching it. Um, if if this is what Holy Spirit is doing today, do it. But if he says, guys, today is whatever day, then, then you do that one. And, and it's that, again, with just because it worked last time doesn't mean it's going to work today. 
Like, oh, last week we sang the song and we're just, oh, we're right there. If Holy Spirit isn't in it, you can sing the song, but there's no life in it. And you, you feel that in corporate worship. You sing a song and all of a sudden there's a spiritual momentum there. It's like, this is it. We are. We are in, in sync with heaven. This is it. It's, and then all of a sudden it's like, huh, okay. Same song, but Holy Spirit just made a right turn, you know? And we kind of missed it because we're just really happy singing this one chorus. And he's like, yeah, but now it's time to go somewhere else. So, so have that. Just like, what is your Holy Spirit? Where do you want to go? And don't just leave it up to the worship leader. Ah, that's one of my pet peeves. Because we all come together. And that's what I'm making you guys constantly. Like, what has God said? Like, please join in worship, whatever that means for you. But you need to own this. Because if you think our team was going to sing a couple songs, or not even that, but he's going to tell me how to express my relationship with God today. That's not very good at best. But we do that in church. All the time. Like, oh, it's, you know, I'm not in worship. I'm not teaching. So I can just, I can just show up today. Like, no, never. You always, you always carry it. Not in a heavy thing. But, again, tomorrow, 1 Corinthians 14. But when we come together, everybody has something. A word, a psalm, scripture, interpretation, tongue. And we are missing out every Sunday because people are not, not stepping into ownership. Because it's not me in worship today. Oh, thank God it's Timo. Oh, Andy's teaching today. Oh, that's really easy. I'm just going to sit back. But Holy Spirit may have just given you something to add to it all. And, uh, and you're not even aware of it because you're, you're not stepping into this, the prophetic aspect of it because you think, it's not me today. Isn't that great? So just... Teaching, preaching, that's always, you know, and Mark says that the, the people were amazed because Jesus, he taught with authority, unlike the scribes. Yeah, but there's one thing of just, I can tell you really good teaching because I probably read the Bible or I heard somebody else teach about it or read a book. Well, I can speak from a place of life. Now, that will make the difference. And that's, again, but even teaching something new often, it's, it, it has that prophetic aspect. Like, what is it? I'm not talking about the prophetic words that are being released in January every year. Like, this is the year for the, of the Lord for 2016. For, they're all, not all of them are good, but it's all great. I really do like that as well. Like, stepping into years, asking God, what do you have? But often when he starts something, doing something new, and, and you guys are going to be part of it. Because what God is doing right now is the new wine. But he's going to do something even newer tomorrow that I don't know about yet. So he can't just repeat my teachings. There's going to be something inside of you that bubbles up that will be slightly different and maybe even contrary to what I'm teaching. And then there needs to be this thing of, I really feel Holy Spirit is on it. It just there's a breakthrough there for the whole body, and maybe maybe I get to actually pioneer all of this. Whew. So just ask God. Don't just yeah yeah. What else is there? Evangelism. I mean that 
It's really self-explanatory. But just yelling at people, you need Jesus, hasn't really helped. Especially when you tell them they're going to burn in hell. That is not always the most helpful thing. But, but right there and then wherever you are, whether you're on the street or in a pub or at the hairdressers or at Tesco, asking Holy Spirit, what are you saying to that person right now? How can I represent you right now? So that when they hang out with me, they actually encounter you, Jesus. Um, and it's, it's that. Everyday life, healing. Again, prophetic is there to give focus and confirmation. That's why, that's why I'm just I'm having this journal with me all the time. When he says something, and I'm, I always write the date in it. Um, because it needs, I need to remember. It, 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 when I'm freaking out about something, it's it, it just, I need to be able to go back and say, but the Lord has said this one, and this, this is something I can trust. It's, it keeps me focused. Um, to give encouragement, strength in times of hardship, that doesn't mean, it just means exactly that. Means there's probably still hardship things ahead, whatever that looks like. Again, in our in our grace-filled um, environments, I think we misunderstand often what trials and tribulations are, and I do believe they are there for every Christian. And if we don't have um, a position in our lives, uh, we're not living radically enough. Can I say that? Yeah. It's like, oh, but, you know, because it, it's not about I die daily. This is, this is very wrong theology, you know. It's more about, I know when I make a stand with, you know, on this subject, not everybody will be happy with me. And sometimes it's not even the non-Christians that aren't happy with me, you know. Um, but it's, it's that sort of, and in those moments, hearing, but Timo, this is what I've got for you. This is, like Lou Engel, I have utmost respect for him. I don't agree with him on, on everything theologically, but this guy has, has a mandate to see abortion abolished in his lifetime. And he's praying like mad. He's just, um, that's, his, that's his only thing. He, he says that I'm a, I want, what do you call him? I'm a one-issue voter. He's American, so, you know, it's all like Democrat, Republican, uh, Christians don't ever vote Democrats. He's like, I really don't care. But, you know, I don't care about the foreign policies. I don't care about anything else because this is my mandate. And I vote for the person that is against abortion because that's what I've, you know, and, and this is not even about political stand or anything, but this is where I stand. And, and everybody knows about him. And he does, you know, he does the DC call, the fasting. He prepares himself for a 40-day fast with a 10-day fast. Who does that? Lou Engel. Um, he's, he's crazy. His voice is like that. He's uh, from all that intercession and prayer. I, what a guy. He just uh, he gets me really excited. Um, but, I mean, the... The stand that he takes, he gets so much flack for it. And yet, he just knows this is what the Lord's spoken of in my life. Not just as a, this is your job, you know, started, somebody else may finish it. 
But he has this, he has this promise that he's going to see it abolished in his lifetime. That's a promise. Now, you can be like, ooh, maybe, maybe not. But he, he bets his life on it. He just goes all out for this one thing. I'm going to see abortion abolished in my lifetime. Like, yeah. Because of prophetic word over his life. Um, so just know what God is speaking to you. What are his promises over your life? And then, it, yeah, it still sucks when not everybody's your friend. That is just, I wish everybody was my friend, yeah? But this is what God said. So if people don't like it, that's, I'm really sorry, but this is still where I stand because of the, what God has said to me. Okay? Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.